1: Get in the know. Non-stop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing
0: Company. We got to be focused in detailed, and that comes from all 11 guys that are out on that field each play. So, um, you know, it's a challenge for us, and uh, another challenge for
1: us against a good defense who does some things that um, we haven't really faced yet this year, so will um, be a good good opportunity for us to, to, con- to, con- to continue to get better as a football
0: team.
1: I love that shirt. I don't know what that was. Is that an official NFL shirt he was wearing? It said undrafted. Adam oh. Thielen wearing an He's undrafted shirt. He's got his own line, shirt. like of clothes. Okay. I wonder if it's That's that. cool.
2: Who does it now? Jefferson's got his own line. Th- Thielen's got a line. Kirk, Are those Asian guys allowed to publicist. wear
1: their clothing lines at press conferences, NFL-sanctioned press conferences, without getting fined? Or do they take the fine because it's worth the promotion?
2: That's a really – ooh.
1: Brett Favre used to wear his, like, Nike hat, his, like, dirty, grimy, oh, that thing, yeah. yep, non-NFL-sanctioned oh,
2: you know Nike what? golf hat. I think – now that you bring it up, I think the rule was, at least at that time, that post-game mm-hmm. you, you had to wear sanctioned stuff. Yes. Or a, so suit like
1: or a or whatever. After
2: a game. Yeah, right. But but you couldn't wear your, your own hat. But I think for the I think for the weekday press conferences, you can. Because yeah. KOC wears the Jefferson stuff sometimes like his Wednesday presser. So I don't hmm. think you get fined for that. Huh.
1: That's what we're gonna do today. Just a deep dive into the the things that Vikings <laughs> players. But don't wear pull your here socks up too high
2: because you'll be reported. <laughs> Uh, By the way, I know it's a
1: little late for you to get these for the holiday, but we do have our own Score North Purple Daily sanctioned merch, like a Mr. Fourth Quarter Comeback, Hooded Sweatshirt, Victory Monday, Just One Before I Die, Hooded Sweatshirts and T-shirts, other Purple Daily and Score North swag, Hawk Season. You can find them all at scorenorth.com slash shop, scorenorth.com slash shop. My guess is if you buy now, you'll get them sometime in early uh, January. So, Check them out there. This is Purple Daily, Daily Vikings Entertainment, where we just want the Vikings to win a dang Super Bowl before we die. And they are flirting, flirting. They've already clinched a division. They are uh, sitting with one of the two or three best records in the NFL right now. This show is presented by our friends at TCL, one of the world's best-selling consumer electronics brands. They have a new lineup of award-winning TVs, delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution, all at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. Uh, and it's also presented by our friends at Surly Brewing Company, the official craft beer of Purple Daily speaking and of things, fourth quarter comebacks.
2: Speaking of things that I love, speaking of things, uh, thankful. Christmas is a time to be thankful, right? Thankful for family, thankful for friends, and guess what? Thankful for your favorite beer. And if that's not Surly Brewing, what are you doing? I mean, you got the logic bomb. You got the the furious. Before I die speaks to the entire reason why this show is here right now. So if you have not checked it out, if you're not thankful because you don't know, make sure that as January 1st and a new year approaches, Surly Brewing becomes part of your draft choices as well. You'll be happy. Boys, it's time to pick the game here. We're going to get to the actual picks
1: in just a moment, but a few important questions as we go into uh, the third-to-last regular season game, a home game, the last home game of the season, regular season anyways for the Vikings against the New York football Giants who are fighting for their playoff lives. They're currently sitting in the sixth seed in the National Football Conference. Just a, let's see, a game up on the Commanders, and then I believe they're a game and a half up on the Seahawks and the Lions. So the Giants can go a long way toward clinching a wild card spot if they come into Minnesota and they win this game. If they lose, then they start to open the door for... Seahawks to jump in, Lions to jump in, maybe the Packers if they beat Miami. So a lot on the line for the Giants in this game and for the Vikings. They're just trying to stay ahead of the San Francisco 49ers to give themselves the number two seed and maybe play an additional home playoff game. So on a scale of
2: 1 to 10, how big is
1: this game?
2: Okay, this this might surprise you. I'm going to give this puppy a nine, and here's why. The, the division is clinched. I understand that. But please, please follow along as I tell you why I've given this game such a high uh, high grade on the important scale. It's this one. How do you bounce back? How do you bounce back? We, we t- talked about this on, I believe it was, M&J yesterday extensively. But the last time that the Vikings had a spirited comeback, 17 points from down in Buffalo. Oh, my God. Let's talk about that game all the next week. You then showed up at home against the Cowboys team. That is good, but certainly not great. And you laid a 40-3 egg. You were awful. You, you clearly were still stuck in Buffalo, although your bodies were in U.S. Bank Stadium. How do you bounce back here? I think that is the question, and I think that gives this game a huge degree of importance, because as we addressed yesterday, this is this is like the playoffs now. Like you are going to, you're probably going to fall be behind. Playoff games are weird. Playoff games are draining. But just because you win one playoff game does not mean that you say, okay, let's exhale and let's just enjoy the rest of the next week. And then if we win, we win. No, you have to win. So I think this game takes on a huge degree of importance based on what we see from this team as far as the ability to put what was a phenomenal comeback behind them and now take on a team that's going to have a level of desperation that's going to be, I think, a good challenge.
0: It's a seven for me. Uh, It's a seven. So a few reasons. Obviously, they have to stay ahead of San Francisco if they want the two seed. The good news is because that NFC South is so putrid, the Vikings can't finish lower than three. Right. They, they, it is mathematically locked. They will be the three at no worse than the three seed in the NFC conference, which is great. So they get the home playoff game. They, the, the, the South is so bad that that team's going to be probably like a nine win team. So you got the three seed already locked up. Now it's trying to make sure you have the second seed. So if you win the wild card weekend game, you can get a home playoff game again in the divisional round. That's guaranteed. Um, so I, I still think it's a seven. If they lose this game, it, it's not it's just going to drop them down potentially one spot. But you still, it's it's a playoff atmosphere. You might see this Giants team in three weeks in the Wild Card weekend, so you can even get a little playoff preview of how does this team look if we do see them on Wild Card weekend. But for me, it's a seven out of ten. It's not a nine or a ten for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. What's funny is if you if you beat them, it actually makes it more likely that you face them again in a few weeks because they'll then they'll maybe be bounced down to the to the seven seed at some point. Um, I'm kind of in between you guys. It's an eight for me. I. I think all of these games un- until you get to week 18 and there's nothing to play for potentially for all the reasons that we've kind of mentioned you need to be stacking wins it's not good enough to just this is what the Vikings have been guilty of late in seasons January specifically pretty much in my lifetime yep you get the you get a big win <laughs> and then it's okay now it's time to go get the next big win and they can't stack it they they lose in the conference championship game to the Eagles cuz they're not ready or or the Niners in the divisional round or something, yeah. So I would start to treat these games like playoff games. I would I would I know you're trying to balance resting guys. Like Garrett Bradbury probably plays if it's a playoff game, but so I'm not going to go as far as like putting guys in harm's way if they're not a hundred percent. So I'm trying to balance resting guys that need it, but the guys that are playing, I am trying to get the two seed. I'm trying to stack like Judd said a win on top of an emotional win and see what I can do there. Um, funny enough, I was uh, digging around for some rewind episodes during the holiday stretch that we're going to present to the audience on Purple Daily and Mackie and Judd, and I was going down a 2015 Vikings rabbit hole where huh. I was, at first I was like, oh, I should find the vent line after uh, the Blair Walsh miss. And then it occurred to me after looking for it for about 10 minutes that uh, that oh, is the only game. you remember? That's the only game. I, I I remembered after ten minutes, <laughs> the only time that we haven't done Vikings vent line that I can recall after a game in the last eleven or twelve years, and you and I, Judd, have been doing the show together on the radio, and I did it with Mike Morris for a while, and then we had kind of a mix, but was after the Blair Walsh miss against Seattle because we had a Gopher women's basketball game contractually obligated to run on the radio station, and it was kind of before we were doing YouTube and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. um. The last three games of the regular season, so the Vikings were 8-5 and five. after a couple weeks in December. They had, they had lost a couple games. They lost that Thursday night game against the Cardinals where they were making a comeback, and Bridgewater got sacked. I think it was into Cardinals territory, but it was a great Thursday night game. They played the same three teams in their last three games as they will face this year in a different order but they played the Bears Giants Packers just like they're going to play in their last three games this year so super weird coincidence they throttled the Bears 38 to 17 that was a home game they 29. throttled the Giants 49 to 17 and then they went into Green Bay and they beat the Packers 20 to 13 it was like Mike Zimmer's arrival hey finishing the season strong 11 wins and beat the Packers in Green Bay and that momentum Carried them into that home game in which I think they were underdogs against the Seahawks, and they let's face it, they won that game. And then Blair Walsh effed it up. So I think I think winning those last three games the way that they did gave them this feeling of hell yeah we can beat this team that went to back to back Super Bowls. We can yes let's do it. And then their kicker blew it for them. But I think there's a lot of value in looking really good against the Giants and looking really good against the Packers. So it's an eight for me
2: um is anyone playing or coaching for their jobs this week so i'm I'm gonna put a different uh, spin on this question this week because i don't believe like it's not like last week where if the defense plays poorly which they did not against the colts that donatel is going to lose his play calling or should uh but i do believe that there is a very interesting competition that is going on here and it's this i believe that duke shelley continues to play for a full-time starting job um Cam Dansler, I think is listed as questionable or doubtful. So the, the only player who's out is Bradbury. So mm-hmm. yes, thanks Dex. So Dansler is questionable. He definitely continues to have problems with uh, the ankle. But all of that being said, you know, Duke Shelley has been impressive. And he was impressive again as the highest graded defensive player for the Vikings from PFF last week. And... I feel like if he continues to stack these performances, it's going to be really hard to justify putting him on the bench for Dantzler. And I don't want to say when Dancler was playing playing uninjured that he was great, but they liked him, and he definitely has a future. Uh, But I do think as we see this play out, if Duke Shelley has another strong game, uh, at some point in time you're just going to have to say, you know what, Cam, you're banged up, we appreciate you. Stay prepared to play because you know guys do like like you did get hurt. All of that being said, Duke is the Duke of Shelley is the guy. So I think Duke Shelley continues to play for a full time starting job, and he has made it very interesting. From a guy who, full disclosure, I had never heard of in my life until the Vikings picked him up. Yeah. Uh, anyone else, Dex?
0: No, I don't think so. I would like to see instead of this person playing for their job, because he's done actually a phenomenal job all season, but last week was rough. Just how Matt Daniels and the special teams bounce back after just a debacle last week, especially on the punting side. I know I'm the biggest Greg Joseph supporter. That's not probably a family member of his. uh, But last week, their special teams was horrible. So how does Matt Daniels also bounce back, get that group kind of situated um, in the right spots? And I would like to see him kind of have a a bounce back week after a really bad week uh, last week.
1: Um, I think we've on Ed Ingram. I feel like that would have happened by now. I think we're. I think we're sort of. He's just going to be the starting right guard until the season's over at this point. Correct. What about Ed Donatel? It's it's calmed down a little bit just because yep. they they came back. They won the game. The defense itself was actually certainly yep. wasn't perfect, but it was much much better. Yards per play were way down.
2: I got questions there. I love a good conspiracy. Th- theory and here's my question and this is not going to be discussed and it's not it would take some digging to find out i do wonder off of last week if the necessary changes were made behind the scenes
1: but he doesn't want to embarrass anyone doesn't well, want and
2: there's no reason to yeah like like if you're KOC, are you really going to come out and say you know i hired this guy because i thought he was good but this old codger don't know a thing so well, I Ed, Ed
1: was calling plays, though, wasn't he? I mean, there was plenty well, of shots on we, the sideline where he was... Yeah, you know, as far the, as
2: we know, but what I'm saying is that doesn't mean that Mike Patton didn't play a bit bigger role during the week. It doesn't mean that sure. O'Connell didn't play a role. I, I mean, keep in mind, the Kevin O'Connell that we see is not really him necessarily as a competitor. Like, there's a, there's layers to him that he keeps quiet, and I'm not saying that's bad. It's great. But, I mean, this guy's competitive as hell. So my guess is Kevin O'Connell knows exactly what he doesn't like as an offensive coach who better to then say, here's what we need to do. So I'm just, I just think that, that let's just say the glitch might've been fixed behind the scenes a bit. I'm curious how it continues. Um, But I refuse to believe that Ed just sort of found God and changed things by himself. I think it was probably a, a, a collaboration of people saying here, you know, when when you go, Phil, from an average of like 16% blitzes to 40, that seems to me like somebody else got in the kitchen a little bit and probably helped out. And again, yeah. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying my conspiracy theory is I think there was probably a lot more behind the scenes that just flat out was not discussed.
1: Yeah, no, you could be right. And we're never – and KOC is never going to get up there and say, all right, well – uh, I'm going to get really specific with you guys. Exactly. So Mike, Mike Patton took a much more hands-on role in preparing things behind the scenes. And uh, he called about half the plays and we just didn't want to, we just didn't want to say anything in the moment. Cause we do not want to embarrass that. There's no reason to like hang it out to dry. I know fans would love that. Yeah. Get his ass, you know, right. but you're so close to the end of the year. I also think KOC is very keenly aware of locker room and and just chemistry dynamics. You're you won the division. You got 11 wins. You don't want to just right. uproot something unless it's very, very toxic. If you can kind of fix it internally, and then maybe you plan on saying goodbye to Ed in a month, month and a half from now, you can do it pretty quietly without saying
2: or fire his ass before Christmas. Which would be you know? fun. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> ho ho ho! Here's a pink slip. But but to your point, that's an interesting point because because O'Connell's made it abundantly clear that he talks to Kirk a ton, which he should, he's made it abundantly clear that he basically told JJ, Hey, you want to come in with ideas? Let's do it. So are you telling me that when inevitably, let's say Patrick Peterson was like, Hey, Kevin, Hey coach, what's going on with us defensively that O'Connell's like, I don't do that. Yeah, I don't Patrick, keep those thoughts to yourself. Uh, I'm willing to bet that he said, okay, yeah, let's talk. So Again, I think that there was probably a lot more collaboration that has gone into the defensive fixes than the Vikings discussed. And it doesn't do them, when you're this good right now, it doesn't do you a a lot of good to air things out. Like, what's the incentive? Just keep the momentum rolling.
1: Yep, exactly. And he already told everyone in the locker room that he would ride with this group until they don't let them play any more effing games. You can't say that and then not ride with someone that's in the car, even if that person it maybe has a minimized role. So, and then one more question before we get to the picks here. What worries you most about the Giants as an
2: opponent? Um, I guess what worries me most is basically their mentality because they're desperate. And and I don't look, they definitely aren't as good as their start, but they're not a bad team. And I think that the one thing is for the first time in a long time, They're probably, it feels like, pretty well-coached. So I guess what worries me is is the Vikings, again, coming off this huge, emotional 33-point comeback, going against a team that is going to play with absolute desperation. This is not a a bunch of, you know, this is not a last-place team that's got no hope and they're going to be like, screw it. You know, if you went from the Giants to the Colts, it'd be intriguing because I feel like the Colts will, to win is as we saw in the second half long gone um but yeah it's the scrappiness of the giants that concerns me and like i think is going to provide an interesting test as well
0: for me it's probably saquon um he's having a a bounce back season here and and when running backs have feasted on the vikings defense before um he's already over a thousand yards he's got nine touchdowns so they're probably gonna feed him a lot you know danny danny dimes doesn't really throw the ball a ton he actually is very good at, at being very conservative doesn't throw many picks so they're going to probably rely on Saquon a lot and it's always easy to say oh just stop the run but then when it bleeds and it's and, and Saquon Barkley's going all up and down the a gap and, and punishing you to death and, and controlling the clock it makes life a lot harder on your defense so I, I would say probably Saquon Barkley and, and to Judd's point too yeah the desperation and them just being a much better coach team for the first time when it feels like years
1: Yeah, on the coaching front, I'll echo the coaching thing. So Brian Dable, what an interesting resume he has. So his first NFL job as a 25-year-old was with Bill Belichick, 2000, 2001, all the way through 2006. So he was mostly the wide receivers coach on the Dynasty Patriots early in Tom Brady's career, Bill Belichick rising to prominence. And then uh, I believe he he may have followed Eric Mangini to the Jets, I think. And then his career kind of got he went Jets a couple years, Browns when they were a train wreck, one year with the Dolphins as an offensive coordinator, one year with the uh, Romeo Cornell. He rode like the Belichick coaching tree, the Romeo Cornell Chiefs for a 2 and 14 season as the offensive coordinator. And so his career in, in his 20s, he was, you know, he was part of this legendary coaching staff and this dynasty team. And then things kind of derail for him with a couple failed OC stints. Then he goes back to the Patriots at age 38 in 2013, latches on again, I think, for more Super Bowl titles as a tight ends coach. Then he goes to Alabama to be the offensive coordinator in 2017 under Nick Saban. <laughs> then the Buffalo Bills run for four years. So the last 10 years getting back on track with under Belichick, Saban, Buffalo Bills the last four years, and now the work he's doing with the Giants. This dude. He's been through it. He's got a bunch of great mentors, and I think he's a great coach. So I think Kevin O'Connell is a great coach too, but I think the thing that worries me is just the Brian Dable factor. What sort of trick does he have up his sleeve? Uh, also, you can't just blitz Daniel Jones like you did Matt Ryan, or it's it's going to probably come back to bite you. Daniel Jones is uh, one of the, the better quarterbacks at avoiding blitz pressure in the NFL this year. He has uh also the lowest interception rate of any quarterback. So I don't know that you can rely on Daniel Jones to be the one that shipwrecks the game for you. You might just have to be patient. He can run. He's got over five hundred yards rushing, so you might have to just you might not be able to blitz forty percent of your snaps and have it work out for you. So that's another thing they'll have to look at. Uh we'll pick the game here in just a moment. A shout out to our friends over at Finch Home Solutions for helping idiots like us with
2: Things no, around the home. Don't put it like that. Don't put it like that because you know what? DIY should stop at electrical things in your house. It's not because you're a moron. It's because you don't know what you're doing and you don't want to burn your house down, right? Here's no, the key no thing. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Ho, ho, ho. It takes only one call to Finch Home Solutions to get any electrical issues in your home solved. So, like, let's say that, that you are um, going to get, for Christmas, you and the gal, a hot tub. Well, there's electrical installation that goes on with that. And guess what? Finch can do that. Flickering lights. You got some lights. They're not working. What's go- going on? That's actually a red flag right there. And again, don't try and fix it because Finch can. That's the key thing here. Don't wait until something goes wrong. Finch off- Finch is offering a free home safety inspection uh, to all of our listeners as well. Be sure to tell them that you heard about Finch on Score North because there are special deals for you Score Northers out there. or finchhomesolutions.com. Book the work today and take anything off your plate, finchhomesolutions.com.
1: And Dex, this is a great weekend to pour a cocktail and jump on underdog fantasy and have some fun the next couple days.
0: Absolutely. What I love about underdog is they'll they'll set lines early. So you know what? I, I locked in a line already. Already locked in over 1 touchdown, or over 1, excuse me, 0.5 touchdowns, I should say, for Saquon Barkley and Dalvin Cook. And both these guys oh, yeah. find the end zone. You can lock in these picks right now at Underdog Fantasy. You can also join with promo code SCORE, SKOR. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Also, you got fantasy drafts that are happening up for the playoffs coming up at Underdog Fantasy. So go check it out. Great pick options, great drafts, mixed sport entries, everything you can need at Underdog Fantasy. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app.
1: And a shout out to our friends over at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping businesses maximize their level of success. They're all about risk management, all about helping you navigate the waters of business, whether they be choppy or smooth. It's great to have an experienced guiding hand over 100 years of experience and reference points Federated brings to the table. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. All right, gentlemen. The Vikings are four point favorites in many sports books. I have seen four and a half. Fifty-three percent of the bets are on the Vikings, but sixty-seven percent of the money is on the Giants, those big mm-hmm. swashbuckling New York sharks looking to put, put a bunch of money on the on the G Men. <laughs> According to Action Network, here's the first sentence of their preview. These are the goofiest, luckiest teams in the NFL this season. So good luck trying to figure this one out. It might end up a playoff preview as well. A Vikings win sets this up as a 2-7 matchup, while a loss boosts the Giants and pushes this toward the 3-6 matchup. So either way, this could be, this could be a playoff preview. Uh, both teams have metrics far short of what the win-loss records would indicate, but you already know that. These are flawed teams that keep finding a way to win late. The Giants can't pass protect, but the Vikings aren't getting much pressure. Minnesota is vulnerable defensively against explosive pass plays, but the Giants aren't hurting teams with explosive pass plays. (laughs) The Vikings offense can generate explosive pass plays, but might not get the time against a good G-men pass rush. Anything could happen here, but the most likely outcome is a close, goofy game.
2: (laughs) Great. That's great. That's well put.
1: Uh, That's a... Pretty spot on, right up. So, uh with that, Judd, who wins, and and uh, by how many points? Vikings are four point favorites in this.
2: Okay. The bad news is the Vikings do not cover the spread, Whoa, but the my. good news is that they do win because it's going to be a close, goofy game. Which which, by the way, could be used to describe a ton of National Football League action—close and goofy and entertaining at the end. And and this certainly will qualify. Vikings twenty four, Giants twenty one.
0: Hmm. Okay.
2: So they don't cover, but they do win.
0: i we even yeah. write that down on Wednesday. It was still half the sports books. Most of the sports books at like three and a half, and now the Lions actually moved up to four here. So the, so the Lions have moved even a half point more towards the Vikings. I'm with Judd, though. Um, I, I still think that this is probably a four-point game. I, I, I would love to see the Vikings go in and convincingly blow out a team, and I think I have said that about 90% yeah. of our Purple Picks episodes going into a game. Uh, I think the Vikings win this game. But it's 24-20. It's 24-20. It's exactly four. I don't think the Vikings can win by five or more points. 24-20 is my final. Okay.
1: You know, you you could make the case. This this is, this is sets up pretty well for the Vikings here if they're able to actually, like, compartmentalize that Colts game. But here's an interesting nugget. Teams after facing the Colts this season are 10-2-1 against the spread in their next game. I don't know why. Maybe the Colts are just... Uh, that type of opponent that makes you feel good about yourself going into the next week. Um, So I'm going to say, I think this is, I've said this like five times, I think this is the game where the Vikings create some separation. I think they take an early lead. I think they compartmentalize the Colts' comeback. I think they fix some of the things that happened in the first half. And I'm going to say the Vikings, uh, maybe the Giants flirt with a backdoor cover, but uh, something like 27 or 28 to 20. So I will, against my better judgment, I will take the Vikings to win and cover the four. Mm -hmm. So there you go, boys. Ho, ho, ho. We will be (laughs) with you all after this game concludes, this goofy, wacky game um, on Vikings Vent Line on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. So hang out with us there and uh, pour a cocktail and... Maybe sneak away from your family for for a couple hours while you either lament a buzzkill Vikings loss or celebrate their twelfth win. Elusive. Or join us, St- the whole family.
2: Stick us on, stick us on the big screen TCL, mm-hmm. and say, "Mom, Dad, my, your siblings, everyone, gather around, Shut off the yule log and watch us instead."
0: I've already got out of one family gathering because of this, so I'm I'm excited. Actually, I'm 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 actually very very thrilled about that. I'm, I'm, I mean, and that's not sarcastic. I'm, proud of you. I'm, I'm excited. I'm, it's very Zolgating yeah. to me. I know you're very proud of me yeah. for this decision. Yeah, yes.
1: yeah. We got you guys covered. Christmas Eve edition of Vikings Vent line tomorrow. Thanks for hanging out with us here. See ya. Merry Christmas.
0: Grab a 30 day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your
1: free trial.